Ring, ring. It's time for another episode of Crossplay Conversations, the show where we dive deep into the world of video games while keeping it light. I'm your host this week, Luke Lewis, and today I am joined by my co-host, the sneaker savant. It's Joseph Hooper. What's up, everybody? You know what? I'm not going to show off a sneaker today because Jacob's not here and it just doesn't feel right without everybody in attendance. That's fair. Jacob is trapped in the dark place. He has to finish all of Insomniac Spider-Man games before he can escape. So he's off doing that. In the meantime, we have two wonderful special guests joining the show. We have co-host of the Fun and Games podcast. It's friend of the show, Matt Storm. Hey, what's going on? Excited to be here. Excited to have you. You've been on the top of the guest list since we started the show. So excited yeah. to, to make it happen for this one. And then rounding out our quartet, we have co-hosts of Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast, and the Left Behind Game Club. It's Katie Les Browns. Hello. It's my first crossplay conversation as well. I'm pretty excited. I think y'all are like the first official guests. Like we did our kind of round table at PAX West with like a bunch of short um introductions for folks but this is like proper episode we're all at home super excited to have you How, how's everybody doing doing good tired nice. a little bit but other than that yes. doing all right thumbs up though heck yeah a little tired a little terrified it's fine <laughs> a little tired you know, little terrified mood. which is a great segue into our topic so tonight we are talking about alan wake 2 which we've all been playing we're going to start with some spoiler free review impressions and then in the back half of the show we're just going to let the floodgates up and talk about the story and depth, talk about all of our favorite moments, make some speculations. I have a lot of questions of just like thematic <laughs> interpretation of stuff. Yeah. Cause this is a pretty yeah. wild game. So I'm, I'm excited to dig into it with y'all, but let's kick things off with our icebreaker question. I'm curious for each of you, what's your history with remedy entertainment? Have you played their games previously? What, what What's kind of each, each of us, we can go around, maybe start with Katie. Um, so I played Max Payne and Max Payne 2 back in the day. I had no, you know, knowledge or awareness that it was a remedy game. Um, I just knew that it was a cool shooter, like third person shooter with some surreal kind of vibes to it that I really liked. Um, and then I played Control, which I adore Control. And I have never played the first Alan Wake because. I, people talk, you know, people like it, uh, but there's like, it's kind of a spooky game. And I didn't hear this like overwhelming Alan Wake is this amazing game that you must play. So as a like scaredy gamer, I was like, I could probably not because I, I reserve that for like very, very good games. If it's going to scare me, it's got to be like top tier. For sure. How about for you, Matt? So uh, my first conscious remedy game that i played was control um i didn't know remedy super well like i was aware of them but i didn't know that 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 was their game until i had picked it up i got it about a year after it came out and fell in love with it i'm someone who grew up watching the x files and loved all that stuff and so i ate it up and then once i beat it it was before the alan wake dlc came out i found out that alan wake was a connected world and so i was like all right well i never played alan wake and i was streaming at the time and i had recently streamed dead space and like starting to get more comfortable with horror games. So I was like, why don't I stream the original Alan Wake and I'll play through it. And I loved it, uh, combat aside. It, the combat has not aged well, but the game, the story is great, That's the writing. Um, and then after that, the DLC came out, went back to Control to play that DLC, which I loved. And then when Alan Wake 2 was announced, I was very excited. And then when they said it was a survival horror game, I was immediately 
disappointed because at the time I didn't consider myself a horror fan. Uh, I've kind of come around on that, but like I was just afraid to play it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick up this game and I'm going to play it. And I'd played some other horror games this year um, that really like opened my eyes to, oh, maybe you can be a coward and still like horror games. (laughs) Uh, And so I played games like uh, Iron Lung and um, Signalis. And so I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to get on like a fair shock. And it scared the hell out of me, but it was it it was incredible. And I really loved it. And uh, I've not played the Max Payne games, though. I have recently started playing Max Payne one on my Steam Deck. And so we'll see. I'm I'm excited to play it mostly because I've for sure I've seen that same Sam Lake face like for so many years, like that iconic face. And so I'm, I'm excited to finally play it. But uh, yeah, I've, I've not played their whole catalog yet. And I do want to go back now that I've loved these, these three games as much as I have. Very cool. Joseph. Yeah. So uh, my remedy days begin back on the Xbox 360 with the original Alan Wake. I think I learned about it through G4, like watching cheat or something. I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. So I played it. Um, and going back to like re-review what happened in the first one by watching YouTube videos and stuff. I was like, I was too young to play that game. Cause I did not get any of the subtext or anything like that. Uh, but I was not too young to play control, which is one of my favorite games of like the past Hell decade. Yeah. Um, I am a big nerd when it comes to like little Easter eggs and like universe building and like little secrets and stuff that make you feel smart as you uncover stuff. Uh, So I really fell in love with uh, Control and that was kind of the first inkling of me thinking, oh man, Remedy might have the stuff. Uh, And Alan Wake 2 is here and we'll see what I think about Remedy after this. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. Okay. Planting some seeds. Yeah, I'm... In a similar boat, Alan Wake was my first Remedy game. I, I didn't play the Max Payne games as a kid. And then um, I, I ended up just following in love with Alan Wake, which like I'm not sure how I discovered it. To your point, Joseph, you mentioned G4. Like it must have been something like that for me or like a Game Informer review, because like on paper, it doesn't really resemble anything I was playing at the time, like a lot of open world games, a lot of shooters, a lot of like sports games or action platformers. And then you throw this survival horror game, but there was something about like the camp and the weird humor and, and the characters. And I also thought that was like the first game I ever played that was set in the Pacific Northwest. And as somebody who grew up in Oregon and Washington, it was like, Oh my God, this feels like weirdly familiar and like a creepy interesting way and so yeah combat aside i think the story is incredibly interesting and then watching the recap videos i i also was like i don't think i picked up on any of this symbolism at the time (laughs) i was just like this is campy and weird and barry's wearing christmas lights what is this game um (laughs) but yeah when alan wake 2 specifically was announced i like lost my mind because it just wasn't a game that i never thought we would see a sequel i never thought we would see a sequel to this level of production so Super excited to chat more about it. And then I did play Control. I'm in the weird group that never finished Control. Not because I didn't like it. I did. It just came out like a weird time in my life. But now after playing Alan Wake 2, I really want to double back and play Control, play all the DLC, maybe then replay Alan Wake 2, which we'll get into why that's relevant. But um, yeah, really interesting series of games and doing a lot of bold things, a lot of interesting things, which... You don't always see in games. Sometimes a sequel is like very paint by numbers, but I think Remedy is like very innovative on their own stuff, which is cool. Was I the only one who played the remaster in preparation for this game? I, it sounds like I was. 
You were, you were. Yes. I, I had it downloaded, and my partner Claire and I, who had, she had never played it, and she loves shows like Fringe and X Files, and I was like, I think you'd really like like the narrative piece of Alan Wake gameplay aside, and so we were going to, but we didn't get to it. So I was thinking maybe okay. next like Halloween spooky season, <laughs> but how was the the remaster? How did it hold up? I mean, again, I'm not a huge fan of the combat, but I'm also bad at shooters generally, so it could be a Fair. me problem. Uh, but the story holds up. They kind of improve the character models, obviously, and we'll get into this, but like, there's a separate uh, facial actor, like mocap actor for Alan Wake versus voice actor, and like they updated the, the face model so it looks more like the Alan Wake 2 face model. Um, it, it's smoother. The audio sounds great. Like... They didn't, it wasn't a huge overhaul. Um, the controls were made a tiny bit tighter. But I think all in all, if you want to play Alan Wake, the remaster is the way to play it. And it's on everything. It's on PlayStation, nice. Xbox, even Switch. I hear it runs oh, wow. pretty well on Switch. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's probably the definitive way to play it. Just because they didn't make huge changes. And it's, it's there's... Like the old one, I, I only played two or three years ago, and it, that held up perfectly well. So I don't think it's a requirement to buy the remaster. But if you don't own it, you might as well get the remaster because it's just an improved version of an already pretty uh, solid game. Nice. All right, we've waited long enough. I think we need to talk about Alan Wake 2 specifically. I'd love to hear everyone's kind of general spoiler-free overall impressions of their time with the game and what they think so far. Maybe start with you, Joseph. Sure. Um, so I might be the the odd man out here, but <gasps> Alan Wake is an incredible game. Oh, let's go. Hey. Okay. All let's right. go. You got um, me. Yeah. I you know, I had to had to plant the seeds, do a little suspense in the honor of Alan Wake too. Uh but yeah, I love this game. Uh just overall impressions. I would say that you know I often say I love great writing in games, but at the same time, when you really look around at the field each year, there's not that many games with genuinely great writing, right? Writing that can stand toe to toe with a, you know, decent TV show or a movie or whatever. Remedy has proven not once, but twice. Some would argue three times if we're including Alan Wake 1 in there that Hey, we can stand toe to toe with basically anybody when it comes to creating media and like interweaving stories and hiding themes within the within the uh, general plot. And I think Alan Wake is one of the best examples of that. Um, being old enough to appreciate all of the different little references they are making towards archetypes and the process of creating art and all of these other different things and all these struggles and, and mental hurdles that you have to like tackle as a creator, I think is just so genius the way that they present it. Um, and it almost kind of feels like kingdom hearts, but in not a messy way where <laughs> like the more you dig at the story and the more you un like unpack the layers it's just like never ending it's like a russian nesting doll where it's like oh you have an answer here but that just only makes more questions um the reason i love that is because you can tell that they have a very clear blueprint where they want to go with a lot of this stuff um just by looking at control in comparison to this game um there's a lot of connect the dots you can do and it all starts to make sense the more you play um and adding on top of that, just incredible game design moments, incredible visual moments that 
story aside, even if the story was, you know, baby nonsense that is just is is just like low tier whatever, the visuals and the gameplay and how they immerse you in the situations that you're in are like I mean, best in class in my opinion. Like the way they build tension, the way that they like set up the the mountain range and makes me think is that Mount Rainier out there uh as Luke might know like I'm like dude is that is that literally Mount Rainier I don't know so like I just think all around the world they built here is just like top notch like I have very few complaints uh besides the the combat the combat is like serviceable but I think that's the only thing that's not like at that S tier level in this game Heck yeah H- how about for you Katie um, I, I, I basically agree with everything that was just <laughs> said. Um, yeah, the combat is, it's, it's fine. I enjoy it, but I'm not going to point to it and say like, oh my God, they're doing things that other games aren't like it's, it is a third person kind of, I wouldn't say clunky, but it's, it's a little bit rigid. Like it, it does the job. It's, it's, uh, enjoyable to play. It's not a negative for me. It doesn't detract from the game. Um, I think the biggest thing is, like you said, just like innovation, uh, being inventive in your story, how you're portraying it to the person, how to the player, um, how as as you get older, as you're you know a more mature gamer, I feel like you a uh, gamer, God, but um, <laughs> I feel like you feel like you've you've played a lot of games, you you've you've had a lot of stories presented to you in video game format, and they don't necessarily always surprise you that much um not only in the actual story like front to back story but also like how it's presented to you and i i'm just i find myself surprised all the time um not only in you know suspense thriller aspect but just of of the way that we're weaving around and and how eerie it is i think that's my biggest thing is like just the tone is so um um just creepy and eerie and surreal and i'm bought in but then it's goofy too like it it does these funny little things and it's slipping in characters um from other games um not even its own franchise but they're like seamlessly just kind of put in there and i like it um yeah i like how much fun i feel like they had making it for a um survival horror game it's i'm like oh you guys you you all had a lot of fun making this game and i feel like you were just like throwing spitballing ideas you're like what if we did this and someone's like yes like i feel like they just said like yes and to everything um but it's still thoughtful it's not just like haphazard it's yeah it's it's a really good game which is good because i'm a scaredy cat and if a horror game is not excellent i will bail out because i i need to be right in for sure um so yeah i'm i'm really enjoying it i'm the only one of the four of us who have not finished it um i am probably about uh, probably approaching two-thirds of the way through and i'm really excited to see what it has left for me that's awesome Uh, to your point about the tone it's like it's just such a weird game and i i mean that in a positive way and i feel like if any other developer tried to do this level of like meta narrative crossing paths with other games creating this overall universe i feel like we would all universally say like this is too much you're this is just but like mm-hmm. they pull it off in such a unique way that like yeah this is really special how how has your time with the game been matt i, I mean i loved it so 
the thing about Remedy that I love is, and that I even only having played three of their games, I can see it in others, is the the constant the common complaint I see often is the controls or the gameplay isn't always a hundred percent great. But never have I seen a complaint about anything else. Even games that haven't done as well, like Quantum Break, which you mentioned earlier, which we all want to play at this point, but none of us have. Like I heard that the acting was great, the mocap was great, the 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 story was great. Well, the gameplay was fine. And so like Honestly, I can do a lot with a game. Gameplay is important to a game, and I don't want to say that it's not, but I think what this game has in spade, and also to say I agree with everything said so far, like I'm not going to retread sure. it, but like totally. I think something that Remedy does that other studios don't do as well is how they seamlessly incorporate diegetic and non-diegetic music uh, in some brilliant ways, and we'll talk about that, but also the way they use actors. Um, and like for those who don't know, since the early days of Max Payne, they've used real people to play the characters. And like even the like cutscenes in Max Payne that are like still comic book panels, Sam Lake is playing Max Payne in those scenes, making faces and all of that. And it's only evolved since. And like especially in Control, they didn't really do this in Alan Wake One, but in, since Control, they've been incorporating live action actors with the characters they're based on and you saw it a lot not as much as in this game but a lot in control like jesse faden and her actress um would like there'd be scenes where she's freaking out and it's actually they actually filmed her and this game just takes that to the next level um uh, ilka who plays the face of alan wake did so much on screen actual work in this game it's like it's practically half movie and it's really brilliantly done and it never feels like oh i'm just sitting and watching this game it feels integral to the narrative and the way they're telling the stories. And I think that's what sets Remedy apart now is that they've always taken real life, quote unquote, into their games in a way that other studios weren't. Because um, like, it's one thing to model your in-game characters after live actors. Like they've, We've been doing that for a long time. We've even ha had it in Spider-Man 2. Um, but in this game, it's not. they're not just doing that. They're actually filming live scenes. And uh, to Katie's point, it looks like they're having a blast. And like, there's a segment I don't want to talk about yet that like is probably not only my favorite moment moment in gaming this year, but might be one of my favorite moments in games ever. Only rivaled by, and I'll say two words to not spoil it, but Joseph will know what I'm talking about: the ashtray maze. The ashtray mm -hmm. maze is in control is one of my favorite things in gaming ever. Uh, but the the thing that we're not talking about here that happens in Alan Wake Two rivals it like it it's almost better because i'm a music nerd and we'll get to that but like yeah i just i think nobody's operating writing wise and cin cinematic wise and story building wise like remedy and i love a built world like i've talked about on other podcasts how i'm kind of exhausted by the mcu still have faith that there's going to be some good that comes out of it but like tired because there's so much of it but like i still love a connected world and when there's a reference i go ah cool like I'm only human. And like when they did it here, especially considering how much I love control and control being one of my top 10 games of all time. Like I've just, I love this world they're building and I just immediately want more of it. To that point, yeah, sure. like to both of those points, the FMV parts and also mm -hmm. referencing other games and pulling them into a universe. I feel, I feel like they, this gets attempted in other games. Like I feel like there are other games I can think of that have like FMV moments that pull in, or even if you think back to like early nineties games and their cutscenes were FMV and they had actors. Um, 
Remedy does it so well that they're integrated so well. It could be jarring to jump from the CGI'd Alan Wake to the FMV acted um, Alan Wake, and it's not. It it, and I think that's partly because it's already a, kind of a surreal game, so you can yeah. pull that off a bit better. Um, but yeah, it's done so well. And then um, what's the other thing you just mentioned? The just talked about it. Music. Ashtray. In any case, they they do <laughs> think they they integrate things into their games that could be jarring and not mesh well, but they just they pull it off. Like they always manage to pull it off. Um, even pulling in other characters, like pulling in um Jesse Faden, but it makes sense in the story, right? Um, when they reference other characters, it it makes perfect sense. Like I mean, we could we'll probably get into it later, but. It's not just, you know, for the sake of it, it services the story. Yeah. Well, I think also to the FMV part, like Immortality, which admittedly I haven't played, but I've heard great things about, mm -hmm. is all FMV. And I find that right. the best FMV games now are just that, right? They yes, are just exactly. doing that. But it's specifically what you said, Katie, about the, the integration of it that would might be jarring elsewhere that is just not here. It's smooth, mm -hmm. like the way... And again, you're right. It's because... To, to not mince words, Control and Alan Wake, those universes are batshit crazy. And because yeah, they are, yes. you can kind of do anything. And I love that, like, like there is a genius to Sam Lake. I don't want to get too much into a tour, a tour theory, but, like, I think there's a genius to Sam Lake and his team that I just don't see elsewhere, that I just don't see anyone else trying. Uh, Luke, I, I promise I'll let you give your no, opinions. You're, you're, but you're good, buddy. Go for to it. To add into this, I think the interesting thing about this whole conversation and looking at remedy is that I know we talk about the game, the actual gameplay being serviceable or the combat or whatever. But I think when you look at games as a whole and the, the, the idea of game development, like there is definitely a law of diminishing returns where when we look at the gameplay aspect, pretty much in almost any genre, like you can only improve on so much because every year, most games are doing something with the gameplay that is just improving on the genre as a whole. Uh, but on the flip side, I feel like where we haven't seen as big of strides is definitely in the storytelling aspect, in the character portrayal aspect. And that's why games like uh, Last of Us and God of War 2018 really hit in a big way because people are like, whoa, I didn't realize that stories could be told this way. I didn't realize emotion could be portrayed this way. And I think Remedy takes it in a different angle where, like Matt said, like control is just absolutely crazy. But, you know, in past games, we've seen that attempted before. Like we've seen, uh, you know, what, what's the game with uh, Travis Touchdown? Uh, no oh, more heroes. No, no more heroes. Yeah, no more like, you know, some games just do crazy stuff all the time. Yakuza is another franchise, but a lot of times the crazy stuff in games is just crazy for the sake of crazy. In Alan Wake, it's really nice to have a story and even in control as well, a story where things are weird and things are off, but it's all serving a purpose and it's clearly building to something. And I, I kind of reference it like when I think of two movies that I really like, uh, stick with me here, Midsummer and okay. isle of dogs right those are two 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 movies that i had no idea what they were going to generally be about when i went in and within the first like five or ten minutes something ridiculous happens and it's kind of that point where you're like oh yeah i'm in 
I'm yeah. in for this ride. Like this is so weird and I need to figure out where we're going with this. And it totally delivers the whole way. Alan Wake is a hundred percent that same thing where you're seeing the first live action character or, or crazy thing that's happening in this world. And you're like, Oh yeah, we got to figure out where this ends, man. We, we got to figure it out. So, um, I think remedy are experts at that. Yeah, absolutely. T to your point, Joseph, just like the level of intentionality is just, it, it it's out of this world. And I think in this day and age when we have countless sequels and countless like games trying to ape what other games are doing, like, I, for example, I love Spider-Man 2 this year. I adore that game. I think it's a wonderful game, but like it is more Spider-Man, whereas like even as being a big fan of the original Alan Wake, like that game wasn't hitting on all the cylinders that I think this new one is and the 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 live action bits, I think. And the it's it's kind of like the trifecta of the live action bits, the integration of the music in the original songs, and just like the general art direction of this game. It just like, I don't think I've ever played a game like this. The closest thing I can think of to a point you mentioned earlier, Matt, about immortality, which I really loved last year, that like, I think the art direction and the level of production in that game is very comparable, but this game is like integrating gameplay and different systems in such a way that like this is just like far and away like the weirdest most bold like most interesting game i've i don't want to say ever played because that feels too hyperbolic but just like definitely in the conversation for sure yeah i mean this is one of those games that like if it came out any other year it'd be my game of the year it's not this year but it's damn close um and yeah also to joseph's point yeah like this is for the the movie comparison like everything everywhere all at once was that movie for me right like yeah 100 yeah, was for a lot of like you see it a bonkers thing happens in the first 20 minutes and then you're like well i, I gotta know where this goes i, I sure i don't i don't even care and this is I, I i agree that this is it's that cinema cinematic quality like we like to use that term a lot and i'm not discounting stuff like god of war and last of us but i think they feel cinematic in like a safe way and that's not a bad traditional thing, but like sense a, right thank like you Katie. realistic or trying right. to emulate realistic yeah it's traditional storytelling sure I and i like non-traditional storytelling better because like i just like the wacky stuff i mean it's why the, like you mentioned it earlier joseph yakuza franchise is one of my favorite franchises of all time and it's mostly because they are not afraid to go buck wild and definitely this game has that too i'm curious for everyone We've mentioned a couple times that this is a survival horror game and how for most of us, that's not our typical genre. I, I'm curious, like, how do you think it compares to traditional survival horror? Would you recommend folks still play it? Because I feel like this is one of those games this year that's like, if you follow video games, if you enjoy narrative experiences, like I would highly recommend it. But there are some caveats. So I'm curious what y'all think. How about for you, Katie? Because I know you specifically mentioned like Scaredy Cat, not horror is isn't uh, your thing particularly i'm so conflicted with I, okay i love survival horror just um as far as game mechanics go because i like sure. like an action adventure game but i like one that where you have to be intentional about what you're doing and the resources that you're using and um when you are getting loot it is valuable like it is always valuable and i'm going okay good i have more of this i like that like thoughtful um, action adventure games and i like i like horror to a point um i i feel my first like real like you know big girl uh survival horror game was probably re2 remake that was like you know what 
everyone's talking about how amazing this game is. I'm going to do it. I'm going to battle my way through. And I did it. And I, fu- and I really, really enjoyed it. And that kind of opened the door into survival horror games. And I, I really like them. Like, I want to I wanna go back. And I never played Dead Space. I want to play the Dead Space uh, remake. Um, this one, I, I, I don't know if Alan Wake is, 2 is scarier than RE2 remake. I, it might be. I don't know. I, we'll see. Apparently, I'm at the scariest part of the game. So I guess uh, it'll kind of determine how I feel about that. But it's um, if you are like, if you cannot handle horror in any sense, then I don't you I don't think you'll be able to get through the game. Um, but if you're kind of like, eh, I can do it a little bit. I can dabble. If it, if the game's really good, I can get through. Then yes, I I would recommend giving it a shot for sure. Um, but yeah, it's if you're if you're not in at all, then I I don't know. You might have to just kind of YouTube it or something. It's also worth throwing out too that there's I I didn't play on this difficulty, but there's like a story mode specific difficulty that's like less geared towards combat being intense and is supposedly a little easier, easier to get combat. through did you play on that mode matt i did mm-hmm. yeah uh, okay i struggled with the combat in the first boss fight and said you know what i don't care anymore uh, <laughs> i mean fair if you listen to me on literally any podcast i will be the first to say that difficulty being a gatekeeping tool is BS. oh yeah no and play so like how you want to play 100 percent. so the minute like I will. I like challenge. I've played all the Metroid sure. games. I played through Elden Ring. Like I like a challenge. But also, when I when I'm playing a game like this, where I'm already not loving the combat, I, mm-hmm. I don't think twice. Um, and I agree with Katie. I think as someone who is a recent horror fan, I use that term very loosely. Um, I if for those following fun and games on our Patreon, I've been writing articles, and I wrote an article this month. Um, as of when we're recording about uh, it's called Matt's Musings Confessions of a Coward or How I Learned to Love Horror Games and it's oh, nice. me kind of like outlining my rise to a horror game fan and part of what helped me with that is listening to a podcast shout out to uh, Tales from the Backlog they were doing an episode about why we love survival horror and like two of two or three of the guests were like oh I'm a coward this shit scares the hell out of me and I was like and it like kind of just broke my brain like I realized wait you can be scared and like horror which seems obvious but like to me it took a minute uh and that kind of sent me on the path to play this game but i agree with katie this game is one of the scariest games i've ever played now admittedly it's a small pool but like i've played dead space i'm playing through re2 remake very slowly Mm -hmm. um and so like this is scary uh i think that if you can't handle horror like if it really like makes you uncomfortable or sick or or makes you anxious like because I, there were times I think for all of us where we're like, oh, I think I'm done for tonight. I gotta, I gotta put this on pause. And so, uh, if you can't like come back to a game after that, uh, I, I don't recommend this. However, again, if you're like curious or you want to like push through or like test yourself, it's, it's one of the best horror games I've played. Admittedly, a small pool, but for sure, besides Iron Lung, probably the best horror experience I've ever had. Um. So I definitely would recommend it on those ca- same caveats, though. Yeah, um, I would say that there's nothing in this game that will traumatize you. Like no. you finish playing it and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened or whatever. But this game is still very incredibly scary. Uh, and this is coming from a guy who loves horror movies. Like I love horror movies. I Like I try and watch as many interesting horror movies as I can. But on the game 
side, like it's hard to like for horror movies. I'm like, ah, it's just a movie. This can never happen in real life. Games immerse you in a way where it's hard to make that separation in your brain. And I think Alan Wake is very good at making it hard to make that separation in your brain just because of the level of detail in both the visual standpoint and the audio standpoint where a lot of times the reason I was scared is because I'm in this darkly or this like poorly lit environment, whether it's nighttime or I'm underground or wherever. And I start just hearing stuff and I know there's people out there. I could, I might be able to see somebody out there and the, the stuff that they're saying is just like nonsensical or they're saying, wake, wake. And I'm like, oh, that's me, bro. That's me. They're coming for me. What's the whispering freaking killed Yeah. Me. So, I mean, like, it's just like almost impossible to, <laughs> to like overcome that. If you're just scared of that stuff, no matter, unless you know exactly what's coming, it's hard to to overcome that stuff, even if you turn the combat down, because a lot of times it wasn't a fight that that scared me. And a lot I died in a lot of the fights because like like Matt said, that first boss fight, I was like, wait a second, what, what's going on here? <laughs> uh like after after dying like three or four times, I'm good. Like I'm like, okay, I just need to finish this. But like most of the scary parts are like me going into a new location for the first time and just not knowing where the the corners are and where people are hiding. And let me tell you, they're hiding everywhere. They're coming out of every little every little cubby in in, in shadow. So yeah, once the luck. combat is happening, yeah, it's aside from that first boss fight because the entire time I would squeal and then giggle and then squeal and then giggle because it just <laughs> yeah. keeps happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but once the once I'm in the combat. I well, I will occasionally go like, ah, it's still, you know, it's still terrifying sometimes when they kind of come when you don't expect one and you're like, oh, there's one right there, and I didn't know. Yeah, um, yeah. But for the most part, that wasn't what's scary, right? It's the build yeah. up. It's the when nothing's happening and the music is building, and you're like, why is the music building? Nothing's <laughs> happening. What's gonna happen? The music is building, and I don't like it. Like that's the stuff, and the yeah, the little sounds, the audible sounds. Um, where I am currently, there's a, there's someone I can distantly hear someone yelling and I don't know where they are or what's going to happen. And I don't like it. Um, it's that stuff. It's the, it's the tone setting. It's the music. Oh, the music is terrifying to me. And then they'll have the most fun music possible at other times where I'm like, this is a jam. And then other times yeah. I hate this music. Make it stop. It's, it's a ride. Yeah. It's a really yeah. good game. Anytime there's like optional environments when they're like, oh, the the flooding came down, you can go explore this other area. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't. No, I don't want to go to the, the scary. <laughs> I do that like, for that was the, I'll do it. I, I love me I, some I loot. Do it. I, I push myself to do it for resources too, but I'm just like, that's the part I dread, yeah. and that's the part that's the scariest for me. Is like, oh, I have to go back through mm -hmm. the yeah. I don't think 100%. it's a spoiler to talk about like the New York subway because that's been yeah. like heavily advertised as part of the game. But like, man, that part just like I, I had to stop playing that section at night and play it like during the day on the weekend, like when my partner was in the other room folding laundry. So I could be like, OK, it's OK. We're OK. <laughs> this is this is a video game that I'm playing because before I was playing it the first night I got the game, I like turned off all the lights no, I no, like no. sat down on my couch. I put headphones <laughs> on. I was like, we're going to do this. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a pretty scary game. I would say I fall in the similar spectrum of just like. I like the, hor the horror games that I've played. I love Dead Space. I love RE2. I love RE4. Um, 
but it's not my typical go-to genre. But I think this one is like the narrative and the things that they do in the game are so interesting that like, if you're at all on the fence, I would say, give it a go, maybe do what I did and play certain sections during the day. Um, take your I only time play with during it. the day. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't be afraid to like, put it down. If you're like, I am terrified and this isn't fun anymore. Like put it down, play it in small chunks. But like, I'd encourage folks to, to be brave with this one. Cause I do think it's really interesting, but if it's really, really not your thing, like no, no shame. Like, don't don't punish yourself but it is very an, an interesting game for sure i'm curious um kind of delving into um an, one more question about just like setting folks up for the game if they haven't had a chance to play it yet for um those of us that have played multiple remedy games do you think it's necessary to play either the first alan wake or control or these other titles before jumping in um Matt, how about you? I think you're the biggest oh. super fan of of the pod currently. I mean, it's amusing being a super off. fan having played three of the games. Uh, well, technically, I, I well, no, because Katie's played a bunch too. But um, we've I all think played, we've like all played like three like, or four yeah, games. Sure. Um, but uh, no, uh, yeah, I, I would say you don't have to play Control. The the references okay. to Control in here won't it won't break the immersion. However. I find it hard to say play this game without Alan Wake one. I think you can watch a recap video or like, you know, read the synopsis of the story and you'll have most of it. But if you play the first Alan Wake, this game is very rewarding just because of the For stuff sure. they reference, the characters who do come back and who don't come back and, and all of that stuff. Um, um, and even um, Alan Wake's American Wasteland, which was, or American Nightmare, which was the like spinoff like DLC, I think is, I, I haven't played it, but I've heard is also helpful to have played, but is not required. But definitely the base game, which was remastered, I highly recommend. Could, uh, personally, I'd say play Alan Wake, play Control, and then play this. If you don't want to do that, then at least watch a recap video of Alan Wake. Seems fair. Um, I would say, as the resident time is valuable guy here, <laughs> I would argue Alan Wake not necessary to play just because I do think Alan Wake 1 to Alan Wake 2 is the God of War 2018 mm. moment where they're almost two completely different games and like I had not remembered anything besides the bare bones details of Alan Wake 1 and I watched a recap video and I still got a lot of enjoyment out of it uh what I will say is while control is not mandatory um especially not to play beforehand I think either play Alan Wake 2 first and then play Control or play Control first and then Alan Wake 2 because like I feel like those connections while they are very slim for the most part like all of that felt the most satisfying to me yes. like for yeah. example Control talks a lot about objects of power and AWEs and while that's not like super delved into uh in Alan Wake outside of what we already knew uh coming in like it's still very exciting to hear people use lingo from the other game yeah. to like hear the FBC be referenced in Alan Wake uh, to like all those connections and clearly understanding that they're going to build to something greater. Uh, I think you should probably get in now before control two or Alan Wake three uh, <laughs> comes out and you're feeling like, Oh, I got to go catch up. Yeah. I feel sense. like remedy is really taking off. Like yeah. I, over the past, you know, like six years or so, I feel like they've gone from a studio that some people like. It's a, a little bit niche, 
um, that some people are really big fans of uh, that aren't super mainstream to now they're making, you know, like goatee contenders on a consistent basis. And yeah. that is wild. Um, I also, I, I watched a recap video because I was like, this is clearly, you know, story is important to this game. I need to know a little bit of what's going on. Watch a recap video. I'm sure I'm missing some stuff, but I'm like, I got, I got at least the, the opening story coming in, which I think is super necessary. I would be really lost um, had I not done that. So yeah, I'd highly recommend if you're not going to play the game to watch the recap video yeah, of Alan that's Wake. That's fair. First. Even as someone who played the original Alan Wake, and granted that was 10 years ago, but or 13 years ago, that was even longer. Um, I Part of this game and the narrative structure, I feel like is kind of questioning what the heck is going on like there's a mm-hmm. lot of just like huh what is happening even if you have context and i do think the one thing i'll say i think you should play alan wake as well but i will say that they set up the two playable characters of alan and saga in a fun way that saga is kind of like the new person being introduced to all of this and the universe and so i think she, her character poses a lot of questions throughout the story and she kind of mm-hmm. represents like the player perspective of like if you're not familiar saga you'll kind of learn through saga's experience throughout the game so i thought that was kind of a clever clever way to make this game somewhat accessible to folks who have like no other context with remedy stuff and i just like that it gives a lot of variety yeah it's it as opposed to just you know beelining in one story i mean you can you can play um there are two halves of the story and then uh, I believe they converge at some point. I don't know yet. Um, you two, you three will discuss that later, but um, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, no, you're basically good. Huh? That, that you can play it in whatever order that you want. You could play all of Alan's story and then go to Saga. You could play Saga, then Alan. I've been hopping back and forth. I've basically been doing a chapter or two, depending on the length of the chapter, with one and then going back to the other. And I really like that. It kind of, even though they're both survival horror, like they're both scary, um, it still feels like a little bit of a break from the other half. um, Mm Because one half is a little bit more surreal than the other half. Um, So no, I like that, how they laid that out. And it seems like the story gets told well no matter what order that you play it in, which is, yeah. you know, well done. So, yeah, I like that. And even though and the gameplay is, a, like, a little bit different, the combat is similar. Um, there are some different aspects to each one, but I like that, like, Saga has um, more puzzles. Like, I enjoy the puzzles. I'm like, oh, I did a math. There was a math puzzle today that I took out some pen and paper, <laughs> and I love when a game makes me take out pen and paper. Love it um amazing some people aren't into it but i'm like yes a puzzle i'm like great <laughs> i i'm not scared right now because nothing hopefully oh god if something attacks me during a puzzle i'll lose my mind but like i'm like oh i'm taking a little break i'm gonna figure this out it's great i like it um yeah i like like the the small differences in between um the two the two storylines for sure sorry joseph were you gonna say something I was just going to ask, Katie, is the math puzzle the one where they're talking about how many vehicles are in the factory or whatever? Yes! Yeah. That's I, I got to say, I, I did a, I did like three or four minutes of math, and then I was like, I really can't, man. Oh, I can't, really? I have to look this up. Like, uh, yeah. I was I like, is it 
is it 72 it's like nope i'm like okay well we're looking this up because it's fair there's two variables like it's fairly it's not you know but yeah if you're not in the mood to like sit and puzzle it out then i I get i'm looking over my shoulder all right i just (laughs) ambushed by some wolves or whatever i was like i gotta get out of here man yeah that's really funny there's one piece of gameplay that we haven't really touched on we talked about combat a little bit but i'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on the writer's room and mind place mechanics so a big part of the marketing for this game was kind of framing this as a detective story where you're solving the mystery and you get to interact with things and there's very visual elements where you you know have like a literal like corkboard in front of you and you're moving photos and things around with with yarn and thumbtacks and um I'm, I'm curious like how that how that worked for you how that added to the experience or or maybe it didn't h- how you felt about it overall um joseph do you want to kick us off sure uh i don't know if this is a hot take or not but the the like mind place yarn board was good at first by the time we got to the end not good for me not good at all because okay. it stopped being a useful tool and it more of just became like the game was using it was the game was like oh i as the game need you to use this to to keep going for whatever reason like a lot of times like it'll help you figure out mysteries or what's going on but just like just paying attention and reading the notes i had figured these out in my head and then all of a sudden they're putting all the cards on the board for me because i did all this stuff i wasn't really that big of a fan because i felt like it didn't really serve any interesting gameplay purpose outside of leading you And the game does such a good job at like putting out the narrative that you don't really need it. Like the more you get information. So like I was not the biggest fan of that particular part, but I like going to the mind place. It was like a nice chill break. I'm in a dark forest. I go to the mind place to chill. Uh, On the other hand, the writer's room, almost 10 out of 10, nearly (laughs) 10 out of 10. I really liked how they did that because the writer's room does have heavy gameplay implications and it does change things up. And like, as you may, it's not the yarn thing. You're you're more of like writing scenes uh, in this journey that Alan is going on. Like as you pick those, it's not like, oh yeah, pick this because it's the right answer and this will get you where you need to go. It's like, oh, you can just pick random stuff at times and it'll just change the scene. You'll sometimes get slightly different dialogue pieces and stuff. And I'm like, this is very cool and very interesting felt very control-like all of the Alan wake stuff felt very control-like um which felt really fun and creative uh so I really enjoyed that aspect of it nice how about for you Katie um pretty much agree um the I don't dislike putting the things on the board in the mind place it's mm-hmm. it's satisfying in just like a base way of like click that's in place now and like in a completionist way of watching it fill out it feels nice but yeah it's not it's not like a detective puzzle it is a like oh put it there oh no that's not the right spot okay think about it again where is the other logical place that i could put this oh yeah that's the right spot it goes in great and then yes it kind of um kind of reiterates the story to you because like yeah. you said you've you've already either it's already either been mentioned or you already figured it out for yourself and then saga's like oh this this relates to this you're like yeah we we knew that like that guy told you already (laughs) um i did like the and she does profiling just Mm because i'm like what's gonna happen that was kind of fun Mm -hmm. um just because it 
uh, it was unexpected. Like, I don't know what these people are going to tell me. It could be anything. Um, and, although sometimes they are reiterating again. Like, I kind of knew that already, but that's okay. Um, and it's cozy. I'm like, this is a cozy place. I like being here. I like flipping through. I like checking my manuscript. I, I Whatever I picked up. I like checking the board. Um, Alan Wake's writing room is less cozy. I don't enjoy being there that much, but the mechanic <laughs> Very is true. Um, it yep. services yep. the game better. So I, I, I see why they're there um, and I enjoy them. But yes, the, um, the corkboard um, twine connecting pictures, I feel like it was presented like it would be a puzzle and it's not. And so yeah. it's like, well, when you when it looks like a puzzle, but then it's not a puzzle, it then it kind of it's it's like diminishing returns. Um, but like I said, it didn't it didn't harm my experience. I wasn't like, oh god, I got the sure. board again. Like it's fine, I did it. I'm I'm putting the things. Um, we'll see by the end of the game if I'm if I'm more irritated by it. But right now it's fine. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I'm in a similar boat. I was never irritated by it, but I think I thought we were going to be like influencing the story ourselves through it more. And I think similar to you, Joseph, the the times that like broke the immersion for me was when I felt like I was ahead of the game. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, I, I feel like I know what's where this is going. Why can't I like do this? But then I think once I like reframed what it was as more of like, this is like a visual interactive quest log. Yeah. more than like a gameplay mechanic I, like I, check marks I had, like you're checking off boxes yeah like I was like this is a, a visually a cool way to represent this and I did find myself like referring back to it of like well which one am I missing and I think they use it for collectibles in kind of a mm -hmm. fun unique way um, but yeah and I th I think Alan's writer's room similar to UK didn't want to be there I was like this is this is bad vibes I don't like it but gameplay mechanic wise I thought it was really interesting really cool really different how about for you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree mostly. I think I think I liked it a little. I like them both. I, I like the the mind place more than Joseph, but only because I never really viewed it as a solvable puzzle. I had listened to like opening thoughts about the game from like a preview that uh, um, Remap had done, so I knew that it was not, it was a little finicky. But like the yarn, like when things click into place, satisfying, and yeah. also. <laughs> I don't like codexes in games. Don't read them. Don't look at them. Even my favorite sure. game series of all time, Mass Effect. Like I like sometimes if it'll like speak to me, like if it'll read it for me, I'll listen. But like if I got to go through a codex on my own, no, it ain't going to happen unless it's like the Resident Evil style, like quick little pages. But like mm -hmm. what this alien race has done for the last thousand years, it can't be bothered. So <laughs> the fact that here the codex was these this interactable like wall that really made it work for me. Um, for sure also both rooms what they do late game with them is brilliant and so like that really helped for me uh, i won't say more than that for katie but like i think also what i liked about the mind place is all of it not just the cork board that helped me yeah. like the profiling is some of the coolest stuff and there's even stuff katie hasn't seen yet that's cool with the profiling and so like some of my favorite gaming moments haven't happened with the profiling too and so like i thought that was really brilliant i will say though joseph it wasn't a break you may have thought it was but i found out the hard way that if there is an enemy nearby and you're in the mind oh, place, yeah. you have not paused that game and the yeah. one of the biggest jump scares i got in the entire game because you can't when you're in the mind place you're in the mind place you can't hear anything you can't see anything until it's too late and so like i'm profiling or working on the corkboard and all of a sudden i hear someone yell and then i'm 
being attacked and I pop out of it. Like it was horrifying. I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God. To kill the thing. And then like, then I was like, then I like hunted around the entire area. And then I went back and I was like, okay, now I can finish what I was doing. Um, Spooky. I loved the writer's room more, I think in agreement with everyone only because a, the writing stuff in Alan Wake one is some of the best parts. Like when you're finding the manuscript pages and like he, then you, like I would find the manuscript page, which would be summarized, and then I'd still open up the menu so I could oh, hear Alan time. read the whole the whole manuscript page. And so, like in Alan Wake one, that was my face, favorite part. So in, in Alan Wake two, I love doing that every time, but also being able to, like Joseph said, pick a. So what you're doing, because I don't think we explicitly said, is there are several scenes in each Alan Wake stage, and you would take you would find several like themes or moments or characters, and you could apply them to the scenes to change them physically, and every time you do it it kind of gets blurry and then you hear a typewriter and the things shift and it's just the coolest effect as like a writing nerd as a video game nerd and so like every time i do that and it didn't matter if i got a thing that like i clearly didn't have to use on the room from like the like an hour ago i'd still go back to that room and i'd still go use it to see what i could get if i got resources whatever um yeah i think that they're both really clever mechanics and I like when games give you a thing to do that isn't pausing the game. I think, yeah. you know, I think Alone in the Dark years ago did a thing where you looked in your bag when you wanted to change your inventory and the game isn't paused like Resident Evil. You were literally looking in your bag. And so, like, I like that kind of thing. Um, but but I also can agree that towards the end of the game, you're just connecting dots. Like, you're not solving puzzles with the corkboard, and I think that was the biggest disappointment, because I agree with Joseph's initial statement, like, that it would have been cool to be, like, solving puzzles on that corkboard, and, like, to the point where there's a safe at one point in the game that, like, I solved before Saga solved, and then I found the answers to it, and I went, oh, well, all right. Like, that's sure, fine. Yeah. And then they still wanted yeah. me to attach them to the corkboard. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go and do it. And that's fine. Like, <laughs> it, it's not, like... I don't think it broke the game, but it was just like a momentary like, oh, huh. All right. Well, whatever. Let's keep going. Uh, which I think like if they were to do this again, they could probably refine and make it much better. But as a first attempt, I think was still pretty brilliant all in all. Yeah, totally. And it's worth noting, too, on a technical level, I was really impressed by just like the instantaneous nature of like you oh, change the theme in the writer's so cool. room, like or like you mm -hmm. snap into the mind place. Like I thought that worked really well. And that was really impressive. Yeah, it only hit a couple game. times on the PS5. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it mostly was seamless. This game is yes, excellent. Um, I, I today yeah. had my first little bug where I'm in the forest and there are like blocks of the whole terrain that are just kind of like blocking out, um, and mm. for a few seconds and then coming back in. Um, but other than that, yeah, we are seamlessly going from scene to scene. We are changing things instantaneously. Um, it it's beautiful i the yeah, flashlight is gorgeous like all the lighting yeah. uh, is so pretty um the even like the floor like different like floor textures are so pretty and the way the the light is bouncing off them yeah it's it's gorgeous and in any other game like they wouldn't take the time to like model the like calendar in the back of the diner by the yeah. bathroom or like the the signs on like the hiking trails or like these little details that it's like that's really cool that they took the time to do that kind of thing yeah um i recently built a pc got a 4080 in there and Ooh. this is the this was the perfect 
game to justify that purchase. Like some of my screenshots that I have, I'm like, man, this is unbelievable what they were able to accomplish. And I think probably like 80% of the legwork is that lighting mm -hmm. system that they have in there. Like the lighting at the sunset, oh, the sunsets are just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and to, to think that all of that's happening in engine, that's not a cutscene or anything like that. You're literally just walking around and you can stop and enjoy the sunset. So cool. I really enjoy it. Um, and I think, I, I don't know how they did this. Like Remedy, the studio control is great, but I didn't know they had like this visual fidelity bag uh, in their back pocket this whole time. Like they, they went off on this. Yeah. I mean, like in Heck control, yeah. like you're in a corporate building. And so like there were some really cool graphical moments and like every character's face looked awesome, right? Like it's like we're talking about in this game, but it was, it was harder to tell quite how beautiful it was, but being out in nature in this, especially like the saga areas in the woods of Bright Falls, it's just impressive on a level that I can't even put to words. And I've played a lot of graphically impressive games this year specifically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet still this one I think is a cut above literally all of them. For sure. So Control Two is touched... gonna be nuts. Oh my That's god. That's all I yeah. gotta say. Oh Control Two. Oh yeah. my god. I can't wait for Control Two. Oh, it's gonna be so it, good. Sorry. That's Go announced, ahead. right? That's happening. Yes. yes. Okay. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. That's that's fantastic. No, you're all good. Um, I think I was just gonna say, I think we've exhausted my like questions for non spoiler talk. Does anyone have any like general shout outs or things we wanna say before we put up the spoiler warnings? Quickly, I will say the Alan Wake 2 to Control comparison, I still think Control is a better game, personally. Okay. Yes. Uh, control, Agreed. like, and actually Alan Wake 2 made me appreciate Control even more because Control has so much weird stuff in it and yeah. it lays so much groundwork for all of these different wacky things that are happening in this one contained game that I'm like, oh man, like the the effects that this single game will have on oh, particle effects oh my god <laughs> oh my like it's gonna be crazy like you know like you said I, I can't wait for control 2 and just from a story standpoint like i can't wait to see how much stuff comes from the original control because i can't believe they somehow put together this expanded universe in this one game yeah yeah the story is developing so much and also like control to me is just as far as gameplay goes, it's a more fun game to play, yes. to interact mm -hmm. with. Like you're just more yeah. mobile there. It's more dynamic um, than this game and which I generally prefer that. So yes, I echo that entirely. Agreed. Heck yeah. All right. Let's put up the the big spoiler warnings. You've, you have been warned if you haven't played Alan Wake to go play it, come back. We'll, we'll be waiting and we're going <laughs> to dig right into things. Um, Katie, I'll start with you since I know you haven't finished the game yet. Tell me about your favorite moment in the game. I mean, is it? Now I think we it's can everyone's. Talk full spoilers and say. I mean, I feel like I'm assuming it's... it's everyone's favorite moment. Don't tell me if there's something else that is a contender for a favorite moment in the second half of the game. But as far as the first half of the game, I'm pretty sure all of our favorite moment because it's joyful. That's why I was like grinning from ear to ear. And I did not expect there to be a section like a 10 minute section of this game where I would be like grinning and like bopping along and just enjoying myself as the we sing section of Alan Heck Wake's yeah. story. Yeah. Um, 
which we've already done a so there are sections of like little weird surreal sections where all of a sudden alan wake is on a talk show and this like a fictional talk show and the first one is surreal just because you don't know what's real or not and they're talking telling him things that from his perspective haven't happened and they're like yeah as if it's part of his life and he's like what are you talking about and that's like surreal and weird and it was fun and then we get to the second one and i had heard that the second talk show segment was you know like a standout and so i'm like all right so i'm coming in and then the music kicks in an original song something a herald of darkness or whatever it's called herald I of darkness is the name of the song wonderful mm-hmm. And the music kicks in and and there are characters up on these big screens and the way that it is actually that is the 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 ground texture that I was talking about is studio floor that has like that weird poured cement look and the way the light is bouncing mm-hmm. off of it is fantastic. There's these big LED screens that have like characters from the game and they are um gesturing towards you and they're dancing and it's like uh theater like a musical theater and they're telling the story of alan wake in this goofy way and like modern dance and stuff and it's it was the one of the goofiest things i have played through in what is otherwise a generally pretty serious game and i'm like oh we're doing this now this is lovely and i'm oh it's so good and the way that the screens are moving around and they're directing you through the environment and it's just so oh I can't say enough about it. Yeah, it it made me so happy. So I mean, I think that has to be my favorite because I was so joyful in a, in a game that otherwise fills me with dread. Like, you know, happy <laughs> dread, I guess. But still, it's it's yeah. standout for sure. That was yeah. one that I was so glad I didn't have spoiled for me in yeah. any way. Like, I I had mm. no idea. I I didn't know there was going to be any Which musical nice bits. I I didn't even know to look for the second talk show thing. Like, I was literally just like, I guess I'll play the next section of Alan. Hope I don't have to go back in the subway. And then it was like, oh my fucking <laughs> god! Like, yeah, it blew me away. I was I was so impressed. I had been so hyped for me that for the first couple minutes I was like, okay, we're doing the song thing. And oh, the moving screens are cool. But then I was like, oh, has this been overhyped for me? I I don't know. And then the longer it went, the more I just got happier and happier and enjoyed it more and more. And I'm like, nope, this was still great. I still loved it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of my favorite gaming moment experiences ever. So something to know about me, one, is I'm a music nerd. Two, I love fictional bands played by real bands, yeah. a la Sex Bob-omb in Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> All of the actors were musicians. Uh, I think uh, Mike, Michael Sarah had to learn to play bass, but otherwise they all were trained musicians. Um, and so like this, like, so um, the old gods of Asgard, for those who don't know, and you're still here, welcome, I guess, are a fictional <laughs> band within the Alan Wake and Control universe played by the actual band Poets of the Fall, who are a Finnish rock band. Um, and uh, Alan Wake did some, the first Alan Wake did something like this that was more di- like part of the world, but like, We've hinted at it in control, and then in this, they did things that are just like they break everything in the best way. And this was I'm a musical theater nerd, I'm a music nerd, and like not only is the song a banger for 13 minutes straight, but it also incorporated great gameplay elements that made it feel natural. All the combat moments in this felt natural, and then you've got the live action actors like Sam Lake doing his little dance that he does in everything, like 
it's just like and, and shout out to Ilka who plays like I said the physical version of Alan Wake because his dancing and like lip singing here is because I believe it's Matthew Vaughn is the actual voice no Matthew Peretta is the is the actual voice of Alan Wake like like sometimes the lip sync isn't perfect most of the time it was but like here aces literally the best I've seen and like just the like I have the dance stuck in my head I've listened to the song once a day since yeah. it came out on Spotify like I just I can't say enough good stuff about this again because in any other game this would feel weird but having played Alan Wake and having played Control I like now forever till the end of time I can't wait to play Quantum Break and see this moment in Quantum Break like there's got to be these standout moments um and like this one again in any other game probably would be like what the hell is this but in this game I went yeah let's go let's get weirder let's do it um and like shout out to poets of the fall like god the old gods of asgard i've loved every song they've released they put out five songs i think um you can find them all on spotify um, and oh, i do cool. like i do like them all uh, take control from control is really good but i think i like this one better just because of how goofy it is also you've mm -hmm. got not only matthew peretta but um oh what's the actor's name david harewood who plays mr door yes. also singing and like I've loved him in so many other things. So when I saw he was going to be in this for the long haul, I was like, oh, let's go. And then he sings. And like, it's just, it's, it's so brilliantly done. Uh, I, I can't say enough good stuff about it. And like, I, wa I've watched the music video several times too, because it's on YouTube. Just to, you get to see more of the human stuff that you can't all pay attention to while playing through it. Um, Cause it's just the human stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It is easily the best moment in this game. And one of the best moments in video games i think my favorite moment within this moment is when you think the song is over yes and you're like oh that was cool that was cool and then it kicks back in and you're just like so yeah, good let's, let's go, go. <laughs> yeah uh i really enjoyed this moment but you guys have said everything that i probably would have said okay so i want to talk <laughs> about one of my second favorite moments and that is finding tim breaker for the first time yeah in the in the like fake new york city or whatever like i hear this humming and i'm like oh god what is that and then first i'm like is that ati like what's going on and then i go in and i'm like oh there's a guy in here and then i start to put together oh wait this is the guy that just straight up vanished at the beginning of the game this is so cool and like now i'm like every time i come across him or every time i hear that humming i get so excited and i'm looking at his board and i'm like what the heck He's talking about a red-haired woman. We're talking yeah. about Jesse Faden in here. We're talking about Mr. Door. What's up with him? Like, just like this, it's just such a small moment in the game that you just recurringly see. And, you know, you'll get resources in there and whatnot. But I'm like, yo, these are like the Easter eggs. Everything, like this guy is setting stuff up here on the side for no reason. And um, I love that, man. And, and I love that he's still there. So it's like, oh what's going to happen in Alan Wake three, I guess, or like, um, how is, is he going to show up in control or whatever, or how does this all, all come together? Like they don't really give you, he's, it's not really a story beat. He's just kind of there, uh, which is really fun. So I love Tim Breaker. Yeah. One of my favorite characters played by Sean Ashmore, who is the lead yeah. on the break. Um, and I, like, I, I, I agree. I think it was really cool. Um, I really like him as an actor, and I think he did such a great job. Also, so there was an original. There was a different breaker. I think Sarah Breaker was the sheriff in the first game. At first, oh, yeah. I thought this was like a gender swap. Like we're not going to tell you what happened. Eventually, you just find a piece of paper that says, "Oh, I'm I'm her cousin," 
I'm I'm yeah. Sue's cousin. And like which is fine. I thought like there was a cool like gender swapping, like we don't really mm-hmm. know what's going on. No, it was just Sarah yeah, left just and his cousin took families. over her yeah, yeah. cousin mm-hmm. cousin of small town took over the same job. But uh but yeah, it was great. Like a uh, same. When I heard the humming, I was like, uh, uh, what what is that? Like immediate dread, right? Because you don't yeah. know. Yeah, it was great. I think Say, that's the moment where like the oh sorry, go ahead, Katie. No, go I ahead. was just gonna th- say that that's the moment where like the meta-ness of this game clicked for me of mm-hmm. like i didn't play quantum break but i did i was aware that sean ashmore was like the star of it and i was like well he's here as this character now and then we got the whole alex casey max Payne comparison and then we got like that's when i was like okay everything that they're doing is intentional and i'm gonna pay attention like no other <laughs> game before in a way which like half of the things I probably like latched onto probably aren't what I think they are, but in my mind it's like this is so symbolic of greater <laughs> meaning. But it, it, very cool stuff. Um, I'll pro- I'll probably say a couple more things, and then sure. I think I'll probably head out so that you three can Sounds continue good. the discussion. Um, one of my, I don't know that it's a favorite thing, but it was a moment early in the game where I go like, oh, it filled me with dread. It was when um in saga's story when the reality starts to kind of come apart a little bit when people are saying like oh about your about your daughter who drowned and she's like no no my my daughter's fine and they're like oh yeah no since the accident and they're and everyone in town has this different perception of reality that saga does and you go like and i don't know where we're gonna go with that like will (laughs) she is is that half reality like i don't know we might be that might be a thing where she can take control of that and kind of like put that away and go no no, i'm gonna take back reality and my you know my kid's fine everything's back the way it should be or is reality just gonna shift entirely and she has no does not have control are we gonna do a little bit of both i don't know but that moment filled me with dread where i'm like oh like reality shifting everywhere like not just in alan's side of the story um yeah it really like set expectations that like no no nothing is safe anything can happen at any time i don't know yeah that's like a good representation of like what this game is of just like yeah don't take anything as like for sure Mm -hmm. have to be trepidatious and then um sorry go ahead what was the other thing oh the part that i just i i kind of hate I hate it when it happens. It's happened twice now when uh, the dark presence shows up and is chasing me. Oh, it's oh the my worst. god! And it's not and nothing that weird is happening. Like I'm just running. I'm like, okay, I run. I run here. I have to get from this point to this point. Like, but but the whole time is like you you just never know with this game. That's the yeah. thing is that it keeps you on edge. So as soon as that, that music comes in, and he's like it's here it's here again i'm like no not here again uh yeah it's just it feels just so much dread it's terrifying i don't like it it doesn't help that, that alan's like death animations and say, like the images oh, that yes. pop up brutal. on the screen are like disturbing as all hell brutal yeah. and the jump scares and the, the the screen flash jump scares are the things that i think scare me more than anything where i will I, i'm not good at like screen flashing things like that that just come out of nowhere i i just like i get like a fight or flight response like i couldn't finish immortality i couldn't finish it because i would be scrolling 
light spoilers and mortality you know skip ahead three minutes or so but when you are shifting and the thing switches and the, the screen switches over just it switching and i don't know what's gonna happen and then it the new thing is shown to me it like full on fight or flight i didn't like it like i was like even though i know it was gonna happen i'm like here it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and then i would be like sweating um so when that happens wow. it's I, I i don't like it even though i kind of do so it's my least favorite part of the game even though it's a very important part of the game that's when i get mad at the game i'm like no you yes. don't get to do this to me. i yell it yeah you yell at it you're yeah. like no you did it again i hate it so much awesome any other shout outs for you katie no i don't think so not not okay. that come to mind you know i you, you there's a longer discussion to be had for you three i you know enjoy i'm sure it's fascinating i'm excited to get there but no i think that's it for me brenna well thanks for coming on the show it was great to have you i'm curious to hear what you think of the the full the full package of alan wake 2 but until then where can listeners keep up with you and all the cool internet goings on you have going i i'm not sure i might be on x i'm kind of on x i'm i'm more and more shifting to threads on either site i am lesperak l-e-s-p-e-r-a-k i talk about video games and i repost uh cute animal videos that's pretty much Love it. it yeah Love it. perfect good times um amazing and then yeah left behind game club which i mean jacob is one of the co-hosts and it's been referenced many times and then cutscenes that is a uh also kind of like a book club format podcast about video game related movies or tv shows and we will we see them whether they are good or not they're getting better they're starting to get better their, their success rate is rising um and i believe only matt has guessed it on those so far yes i guessed it on uh detective pikachu which is a lot of fun. yes so much fun so yeah one day one day we'll get a hooper and, and luke but yeah and you can find either of those on anywhere where you find your podcast pretty much amazing well listeners go check out her stuff all very entertaining all good vibes thank you katie appreciate you as always thank Thanks, you so katie. much for having me all right bye, katie. bye. have a good bye. night all right. Okay. Spoiler warnings all about bound. Um, now we can talk about the rest of the game. So yeah, I'd love to hear kind of like y'all's impressions of the ending of the game, what characters and performances really stood out to you. Um, what comes to mind for you, Matt? So favorite characters. First, I got to put this out of the way. And I think Joseph's going to agree. This is my favorite character besides Ati because Ati is everyone's favorite character. Like we have to put that to the side, honestly, like, uh, Marty's performance is incredible and like being a, such a control fanatic him showing up here, but not being quite right based on what we know of him control just like threw me like I loved it. So besides him, I really like it's it's so it's so boring, but I really love Alan Wake. I really love Elka Villa and Matthew Peretta's performances. Also, like I'm a big Casper Darling stan. When you find his book backstage, I was like, yeah, there he is. Uh, oh, I didn't. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I do yeah, in the talk yeah, show. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I really like, there's just like, his performance was really good in the first game, but there's something next level about Ilka's performance here. Uh, and Alan's my favorite character. Like, I like a lot of the other characters here, but I just, I really like, I didn't see a lot of the twists coming, even though for some folks it seemed pretty obvious. But like, 
like that moment where and again we're deep in spoilers here when we discover when we try to bring alan the clicker that alan isn't running from scratch alan is scratch they're the same person yeah. fighting over one That's body awesome. and, cool. like, and he wastes uh, uh i think it was ilmo uh no yako yeah yeah was it or, it was, yeah it was, it was Ilmo. It was yeah, Ilmo. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh my God, what the hell? And then I lost, I, like, I lost my shit. I was freaking out. And that's all, like, a lot of things. It's the writing, it's the other thing, but it's absolutely the performance, too. So, like, it may be a pretty basic answer, but besides Ati, the best character ever in video games, it's, it's probably, it's probably Alan Wake's performance. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go on the opposite side of basic answers. And I'm going to say, <laughs> Everybody, everybody was my favorite <laughs> character because like the cast in know, this yeah. is just incredible. Um, that is one thing where I feel like Alan Wake did better than Control, where like yeah. almost every cast member in this game, whether you're on the with the Wake side with Mr. Door and and uh you know uh Sean Ashmore and everybody there, or you're on the saga side with Yako and Ilmo and Rose and even the old people that are, yeah. you know, in the sauna, just incredible dialogue, super believable, super fun and quirky and weird, or, you know, kind of unsettling. Um, I loved it all. So tonight, like I really love the cast in this game. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Good job. Remedy. Yeah. I think they all just presented as so interesting. And then mm -hmm. as we got to know characters over time, like, you know, with the Yako and Elmo, the brothers, like I was like, oh, these guys oh, are goofy and weird and their commercials oh, are the hilarious. Commercials and then they're so good, you know, their involvement with Cult of the Tree. And then I was like, no, they can't be bad. But then it's like, oh, wait, you're actually doing this for good and using the like, cult as like your kind of front and just like weird stuff oh. like that. And yeah, the final I... commercial in the in the last area after oh, he died yeah. where there's only one of the commercially turns to him like and right brother and there's nothing i was yeah. like oh, uh, killing me that that's like the book review one yeah, yeah, during yeah. the deer fest scene yeah I, w I was waiting for katie to to leave because i think the other moment for me that really stood out as far as like character performances was that deer fest yeah. section where it's like yeah. Yeah. writing and you're hearing the townspeople like have all these like weird social commentary takes that just feel like so hilarious in, in context and yeah, such good performances. I also want to give a specific shout out to um, uh, Melanie Liberd, who played um, Saga. I, yeah. I thought her performance was really, Phenomenal. really good. And the moment of seeing her and Alan in live action together at together. the end in the writer's room, it was like, oh, that hit on such a level that I was like not prepared for. And it's funny kind of thinking of this game in context because it's like, is it brilliant just because they're incorporating live action? But I think it's like the way that they're doing it and the way that they're pacing things and interchanging between gameplay and live live action. It's just, yeah, it's really something special. It really is. I, I also want to say we didn't talk about the way the game starts, and I think it is important. Yeah, um, sure. So you start the game playing as a sort of resurrected Agent Nightingale, who in the first game gets taken by the dark dark place and you never see again the dark presence and like i remember op playing the opening of the game and kind of like looking at the screen and then like looking around even though no one's near me and going what 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 am i doing who is this mm -hmm. like and it wasn't until it clicked that it was nightingale uh voiced by the witcher himself doug cockle which i think is also incredible um and that like that whole opening segment it's just like i i just didn't know what to do with myself i think it's really brilliant in a way that not 
like other games have done that kind of misdirect, but I feel like this was something like really just kind of out of the field because we knew we were playing as two different characters already. And then I'm playing as a, a, the corpse of Nightingale. I went, what hap- What? What is happening here? What's going on? Yeah, it's so like unnerving and unexpected and really set the tone for what the game is and the title card coming up after that sequence. It was like, oh my God, like to our earlier conversations, like I was... I was in, even though I was like scared and really creeped out. And I was like, I got to know what this is. Like, I need to know where this is going to go. So I have a couple questions for, for both of y'all having finished the game yesterday that I've just like kind of been sitting with quick, quick fire of a couple. Mr. Door, what's his deal? Like, is he related to Saga? Is there any connection there? Is there any, like, broader connection of who he is in the universe? Because I thought the ending was going to involve him more directly, but then the reveal of Scratch being Alan himself, um, I was a little thrown off by that. Not in a bad way, but just, like, who is his character to to y'all? I think it's being heavily implied that that is Saga's father. Yes. Um, And there's this whole thing about like something happens and he just disappears. And I think Sean Ashmore even references that. um, And he, cause he talks about door a lot. Um, So yeah, I, I think he'll come back whether it's Alan Wake three or control two. He is definitely has something interesting going on with him. And like Sean talking about like, the properties of doors and being able to tr- go through these different doors um so yeah i think it's left vague purpose purposefully i don't know when he will show back up but very interesting i think like the last time he talks to alan he's like oh yeah like next time you meet me you won't like me or i don't remember exactly what he mm-hmm. said but he said something to the point where i was like interesting this is gonna be cool yeah he so the I, so the saga theory like the him being saga's dad theory i've seen in a bunch of places also um it should be known that in quantum break uh there was a character named martin hatch uh who right. was played by the late lance reddick who is incredible and mm-hmm. lance reddick does get a dedication at the end of this game and so i believe that like sean ashmore martin hatch or um Marlon door was originally supposed to be lance reddick and then he passed okay. mm-hmm. um and so now it's it's still played by an incredible actor but like that sure. was the initial kind of actor connection in the same way that sam lake is playing alex casey and also played max Payne, and they were very similar got it that's okay. the vibe i'm getting through all this crossover because they've said that quantum break at least at this point is not directly connected however now it's seeming they're hinting at it um but yeah that's also like in all of the story we hear about saga's mom a lot we hear about how um tor and odin they were separated from saga and her mom because they had a falling out because of her father and because of other things and so it does it does seem like they're headed in that direction but it's not confirmed i mean as long as he comes back i don't really care who he ends up being but like I'm sure. excited to see him as like a potential villain or anti-hero maybe in the next whatever game we get, whichever he appears in first. Totally. I was so excited that Thor and Tor and Odin ended up being related to Saga also. So like this is like cool, Amazing. meta, weird, like unexpected, love it. Oh, and while um, we're talking about them, yeah. the, the first moment when you profile them and then they take over and their character model shows up 
in your mind place Mm -hmm. that was super cool so cool like and then when scratch even does it later on like i love that the mind place and the writer's room both were like they played with those not even those spaces were safe things could happen there too i thought it was that was really brilliant and yeah their performances were great and the concert like when they're playing on the beach oh so good like so good so good and like we we've touched on the music too but i just want to give a shout out to like all of the original songs and the way Mm -hmm. they pace the chapters and then how those like are like influenced by the narrative directly and there's the the song about looping forever and how that's then manipulated throughout the game like i think that's all like just chef's kiss as far as um integration of the music so i'm curious going into um this conversation about door this conversation about saga i'd love to hear how both of y'all interpreted the ending of this game and kind of where we left the characters what you think it means it's not a loop it's a spiral like what do you make of all of this maybe starting with joseph yeah so i actually had to watch a couple like breakdown videos of the ending um and it's a lot deeper than i expected like i mean I guess I should expect Remedy to go as deep as possible, but apparently this is all allegories for like this archetypal, like psychological uh, model made up by Carl Jung. And it it very much mirrors like the archetypes, like the creator, the self X, Y, and Z. So I think basically what they were saying was like Alan Wake, it's not just him doing the same thing over and over again. It is him like either descending into darkness or ascending to reality or to light or whatever. Um, so he's going to have to figure out how to ascend instead of descend or whatever. Um, and I really did appreciate, I really did like the super awesome plot twist at the, in the post credits where yes. it turns out like his, his wife is not actually dead. She didn't actually unalive herself. Like she went back into the dark place cause she figured out what was going on. And I think my theory is that like, because the game hinted so much at what happened with Thomas Zane and Barbara Jagger that there will probably be some parallel with Alan and why can't I remember her? I want to say like Rachel. Is that her name? No. What's her name? Alice, his Alice. wife? Alice, Alice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I feel like there's going to be some parallels with that in Alan Wake 3, but I, I don't know exactly how they're going to deliver it and how the dark place or whatever is going to be used going forward, but It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. My heart broke when we saw that, like saw throughout the game, um, they, they show the like different like art installations that Alice has created because Alan's mm-hmm. been torturing her. And as we find out that Alan is scratch, it was actually Alan uh, unable to control himself, torturing his wife, haunting her. And like, she mm-hmm. goes back to bright falls and then walks off a cliff and like it cuts. And like the impl- implication is she killed herself by walking off a cliff. But what she really did, we find out in the post credits is she met with a woman from the federal, federal from a big, you know, government building, got some ideas and so this hints that there was some contact between maybe Jesse and Alice or the original director uh, before Jesse and Alice. And she found out some things. And so she went into the dark place. She stepped off that mountain into Cauldron Lake to go after Alan. And yeah, I, mm. I, I agree, Joseph. I think it's really cool that they're really working to connect these games. Uh, but like the fact that we Alice could be the new hero, our next saga, who knows? But like, it does seem like they're headed in that direction. And then also, like, 
as far as like um saga using the light bullet on alan like i don't know where they go with that right like they do the inception thing of like saga's calling her daughter and it rings and rings and the game ends and like obviously they're not going to give us that just like but they which is surprising because they did in the first game give us alice surviving right coming out of the lake and alan going deeper and so i'm uh, like that that didn't frustrate me it was just interesting that they gave us less this time yeah i felt Uh, similar quick yeah go ahead joseph i was gonna say just quick aside uh if you play the control awe dlc you actually (laughs) do find i think like alice's interview tapes yes, that's right when oh, she did visit. cool yeah yeah that's just right cool. i, I forgot that. about that yeah yeah so it might have been with trench that she interviewed with but mm-hmm. it's unclear yeah. but like still it just yeah it's I, I i really like i like the ending because i like this kind of bullshit to, to put it as frank as possible like i'm sold on this kind of stuff because control does the same thing i don't want to spoil the end of that game but like it does a similar kind of like you get some resolution but not much. There's still a lot going on, right? Like, and so, yeah. like, I like that it's open ended in that way. Here, I feel like this is more open ended than Alan Wake One was, but I, I'm still kind of excited and curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I've seen some discourse that folks are frustrated by the open endedness, but I, I feel in a similar place of like, I think it's cool that there there's some things that are open to interpretation. Um, I I was immediately like, no, I need to know if Saga's daughter, if Logan's okay, because that was like the big driving force. But like, I do think that's a compelling beat to pick up on later in future games. And um, to your point you made, Joseph, about kind of like the broader discussion of like the symbolism of the art and the creator. Like, I think there's a lot of like cool meta social commentary within this game that is really smart and really interesting and I think could get really highfalutin, but it doesn't feel that way it feels interesting and engaging and you know i've i've seen discourse online of folks talking about how like they feel like the creative journey of remedy as a studio is represented in alan wake's struggle mm, trying to yeah. escape from the dark place and those like real life parallels and all of that like i think that's all super cool and yeah. unique and different and interesting in and of itself yeah, well, as I remember, like, they tried to make Alan Wake 2. Like, Control, I think, was born out of an attempt to make Alan Wake 2 or something. And then, mm. like, but they, like, they notoriously had done a ton of work and then kind of failed at making, like, they weren't happy and they had to scrap it. And, like, so I can totally see that mirroring this, like, Alan's multiple attempts at the same thing and seeming to fail every time, but still trying again. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. <laughs> for wherever this goes um and i can't wait for all of the video essays that will probably come out of this like <laughs> yeah, for sure in a couple in a couple months or weeks or whatever so um yeah they, they've definitely given us a lot to chew on and i'm excited to see what the next projects are that feed onto this like including the dlc so we won't have to wait too long to get a couple more tidbits that's true that's a good segue into my final question. I'm curious if y'all have any predictions as far as things we might see in a DLC, plot elements you think might be picked up in Control 2 or in the Max Payne remake that they're working on. Anything come to mind? I mean, from my perspective, it's like you just never know, man. Like sure. You have no idea what the what this team is going to throw at you. Um, so... I think it's probably going to be something very different, very unexpected. But then also some familiar stuff to kind of keep you grounded in the Alan, Alan Wake universe. So especially Night Springs, I feel like uh, that 
that DLC, whatever it is, is going to be some wacky nonsense. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, they've announced that in 2024, we're getting a Night Springs DLC that's going to oh, allow cool. people to like kind of participate in the TV show Night Springs. And remember that Mr. Door says like this, this reboot of Night Springs, we see an ad for it, sort of like the modern Twilight Zone reboots and stuff we've seen. And so we'll be, they haven't explained how, but they said that you will be able to like interact within Night Springs and it'll have to do with it. And then the other DLC is called The Lake House. Um, and it's it's more connection to um, the stuff that's happened with the FBC and with Saga and with Alan, but it's unclear if we'll play as them or if it ha- it's a result of what they did. Like they haven't really given a ton of details, obviously, because they don't want to spoil it for those who haven't played the game of like exactly what they'll be about. But it does sound like we may get some resolution from some of the questions in the ending, which should be interesting. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm all in on control too. like the minute they announced it, um, I started freaking out. You know, I'm so excited for that sequel, more so, I think, than Alan Wake 2, which I loved and was excited for. But um, but that said, um, I, I can't even begin to tell you what the narrative will be. I mean, also, sure. for me and Joseph to talk about the narrative of Control 2, we'd have to spoil Control 1. And I don't want to do that for you, Luke, but like... I like know uh, bits and pieces and a fair bit of it, so I... It, if you have a point you want to make, it's all good. But I mean, it's mostly that we know that Jesse was there to see find her brother. She does find her brother, right? But there's stuff going on with her brother, and we don't sure. really resolve that. And so, like, uh, I'm curious if the game will pick up with that. If it'll offshoot a different direction. If they'll do a time skip. Like, we really don't know. With the Max Payne remakes, I assume they are going to try and layer in the connections a little more, maybe because Alex Casey, like. It was was Max Payne and everything right. but name essentially right. like they've come out more or less and not so many words and said they just they couldn't call him Max Payne but like the actor playing him the actor voicing him all of that and so I wouldn't be surprised in like a remake of Max Payne if they like reference Alex Casey or they reference a guy named Alan like weaving in some more tidbits because while they say it's only going to be these two franchises I, like Tim Breaker alone proves to me that Remedy isn't really telling the truth that they want to weave right. in more stuff. Uh, so I could see that in the Max Payne remake, them like kind of adding more tidbits. I want them to double down. I want them to change the name of the Max Payne remake to Alex Casey. Yeah. And we just go full board. Yeah, right. That'd exactly. be amazing. <laughs> I'd also love to see any combination of Jesse and Saga interacting together. Yes. Cause I think Saga proved she was very capable and the scene just to touch on it real quick this the final scene where she's in like trapped in her mind place oh and my she God, has to break so out good. Like, that that was an instance where i thought that mechanic actually worked really well narratively and and made it cool and i was like man alan really should have just like trusted her earlier on because she got out of there quite quickly and he's been stuck in the dark place for <laughs> 13 years <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah, true. I mean, Joseph, it reminded me of that moment in Control, like where Jesse kind of loses it and we get that other part of the game. Like, mm-hmm. I think like it had connections to that. And so, like, I feel like uh, Luke is on to something here. Also, like mm-hmm. that moment where you have to update the pin board, but you have to find the right pieces. And like at one point, you can just keep adding Logan over and over again and keep saying yeah, she's drowning. That was, like, that was very powerful. was just heart wrenching, like brutal. Like, yeah, that that's what I was alluding at before. I'm glad you brought it up, Luke. Like, while Saga's mind place wasn't perfect, 
everything in the finale with it was so good because yeah. it just preyed upon everything you knew about it and used it against you and it was great yeah agreed yeah i think from like a gameplay standpoint i thought everything culminated really well in the finale whether it was like the action of saga summoning trying to summon alan at the beach with the old gods of asgard playing and then the mind play stuff like i that was all that all worked really well for me all right well I think we've touched on all the big things. Any final words, any final shout outs, questions, things you want to put into the ether? We talked about it. Great game. <laughs> play it. Yeah. I'm, Hopefully I'm you played it at this point, but yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah, sure. I, mean, I, 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 sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I didn't play undertale until I watched a spoiler video on it and saw all the crazy stuff and went, Oh, I have to play this game and it made it better for me. So I could totally see someone listening to the spoilers and going, Oh, I got to go check this out. Cause I really like, if you've, listened this, yeah. if you've listened this far and you think, Oh, well now I don't have to go see the we sing part. You do. Cause we failed yeah. to tell you exactly why it's great. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with Joseph. Go play this game. Like go play Alan Wake remastered. Go play this game, play everything remedies put out, you know, it's just, yeah. All ba- oops. All I, bangers. <laughs> heck yeah. I'm definitely going to, I want to play control over the holiday break. Probably. I want to go back and squeeze in quantum break at some point, probably early next year, but yeah, great game. Can't wait to talk about it more during our game of the year conversation which is coming up very quickly. But until then, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great hanging out with you. Great chatting about this wild game. It was a ton of fun. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Uh, I pretty much sent a group chat to you guys the minute the show launched. I went, so what am I coming on? Because I adore y'all. And it's been a pleasure hanging out with y'all as we do at West and East. And so it's been fun to do that kind of stuff. And so I'm looking forward to doing that again in the near future. But it was a blast to be here. Um, I'm really grateful to come on, especially about this game in particular that I just feel like not enough people were screaming about because that's all I want to do is just scream about this game all the time. Heck yeah. Well, I'm glad we could give you a platform to talk about this with us because it was a ton of fun. Um, But in the meantime, where can listeners keep up with you? So the best place to find me, I mean, I guess I'm on the hell site, DJ underscore Stormageddon. I wasn't for a while. I got banned for defending trans people. Go figure. But uh, I'm back. I got my account back. So I'm there. best place to follow me though is probably all of my podcasts on twitter um i host three different podcasts screen snark with both which both of you have been on reignite which is my bioware podcast we moved on to the dragon age series we started with mass effect and then i do the funny games podcast uh with my awesome co-host jeff moonen and uh both of you have done side quests for that show which also have been great and uh pretty much just go to djstormageddon.com you can find all my podcasts the patreon for fun and games the my merch store my kofi all that good stuff um and uh yeah go check out all that stuff also shout out to rachel quirky shank on screen snark and frankie badly Lestrange on reignite i realized i shouted out one co-host and not the other two and they may listen and i'll feel bad (laughs) all good well all wonderful folks all worthy of supporting awesome content anything to shout out on your end joseph uh you know go listen to player player player, player it, video yeah. game podcast, Great podcast. Uh, and then also um can't pause can't pause.com just did a review of alan wake too um hell yeah go check out the the youtube channel i got some end of the year stuff cooking for that amazing 
And as always, you can find me. I'm at Lukewarm Lewis on all the socials. And you can check out my other podcast, the Lukewarm Games podcast, every other week that I host with my wonderful fiance, Claire. This past week, we covered a recent indie release, Thirsty Suitors. That was a ton of fun. So if you're interested in that one, highly recommend it. Um, otherwise, we are setting our status to away until next time. But until then, you can do three things for us. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Crossplay Convos. You can send this podcast to a friend because that's how people hear about podcasts. And you can give us a review on your podcast platform of choice because it really, really does help. And with that, as renowned radio personality Pat Main once said, and that wraps up my list of my favorite park benches in Bright Falls. See y'all later.